is June. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Every day, thousands of families visit one of the many prestigious Disney experiences worldwide. Everything from resorts to cruises. Sadly, some of these families are inexperienced Disney travelers and lack answers to the questions they never ask. The following educational presentation is only a single part of a larger series produced by Three Sheets Media Group. We thank you for your time and now present Disney for Dummies. Remember, in Disney, there are no stupid questions, only those damned Brazilian tour groups. But you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And injustice deliciously squared. Be prepared. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 155 of Three Sheets to the Mouse. We're the podcast that likes to focus on the adult side of Disney. From the parks to movies to dining, we'll cover everything Disney has to offer, including their booze. I'm Mikey, and tonight I'm joined by two guys that have never lost their luggage. Adam? I, I don't even know where to go with that one. Well, I mean, have you ever lost your luggage? No. It's not, there's no euphemism. It's not an innuendo or an innu-outdo. It's just, you know... We actually have lost my luggage. We actually, well, we didn't lose it once, but the airline put it on a different flight, and we had to go pick it up from the little luggage rooms outside the carousel area. So it didn't get lost; it just got displaced. And and that would be Tim, who um, may not have lost luggage, but. I don't know if you really have any legs to stand on here because you left your wallet at home. No, I didn't leave the wallet at home. It was in my carry-on bag. So technically, I Unbeknownst to you. Unbeknownst to me, yes. Because it was not in my pocket where it normally is. <laughs> That's where I keep mine. Yeah. That's where I usually keep mine. But for some reason, I put it in my carry-on bag that, that day and uh, I like, oh shit, my wallet. You didn't want it to get stolen. Cannot be too careful in aeroports. Well, we were still in the car. Oh. <laughs> if somebody's in the backseat of my car stealing my wallet, I mean, I don't know. Well, grab yourself, uh, dear listeners, an ice-cold Miller Lite, because this is going to be a hell of a ride tonight. Let's talk about the grown-up side of Disney. So, speaking of shitty beers, uh, Tim, what are you drinking? Probably one of the shittiest of shitty beers. That's um, the worst one out of this victory multi-pack that I got. It's called Homegrown, and it's a dry hopped lager. It's very citrusy, very weak. It's only 4.8%. But I just noticed that there's Cascade hops in here, so I may be sniffling by the end of this <laughs> recording. <laughs> it's got like six different hops in it. And one of them is Cascade, and I'm allergic to Cascade hops. So there you go. Maybe it won't be a lot of Cascade hops. Maybe maybe the other five will knock those out. Drown them out. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. Hot. 
Victory, don't they do the Golden Monkey? Yes. yes. They also. I thought you guys liked Golden no, Monkey. No, it's not that I don't like it. I'm not allowed to drink it. Oh. Somebody drinks way too much of it, and it's very high proof. And that's a story for off the air. Yes, because <laughs> he cannot tell that story on the air. They also have Sour Monkey in this pack, which I kind of liked better than the Golden Monkey, but it was really sour. It was like. It was disgusting. It was poking your lips and your so asshole gross. sour. That's how bad it was. Oh, God, it's so it's when you fart and you go. Yep. Mmm. It was pretty sad. Why did you go, mmm, after that thought? <laughs> because you didn't actually see my yeah, thought. <laughs> so it's yeah. probably for the best. Adam, are you drinking shit beer? Nope. Because I won't drink it, because I didn't like it, and I'm not drunk enough to drink it. So I am drinking uh, just a basic screwdriver. Okay, like a Phillips head. No. Oh. I don't drink metal. Not anymore. Not since the incident. Which is also a topic for off the air. I've apparently. never been to Tahiti. Or the Edison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm uh, having a little bit more of the, uh, the Glenlivet that I've been nursing on. I had some really, excuse me, really disgusting um, fake noodles at dinner tonight when everybody else was enjoying some penne pasta with their Alfredo sauce and chicken. Uh, I went with uh, something that my loving wife purchased for me um, for because I'm, I'm, I'm dieting, self-imposed diet called like uh, I think it's called fucking Pasta Zero or something, and I cannot recommend that. What was all. it? I made so out it of. was an impasta. Oh, it oh. was so bad. Oh. Like that pun. Oh, oh, <laughs> come on, that was funny. So yeah, hey, that's what I had for dinner. Uh, fuck it. What are you eating, Tim? What you have for dinner? Uh, we had uh, egg noodles <laughs> with mushroom gravy and tiny hamburgers. Mm, still better noodles than what I had. Yes, well, I love egg noodles. <laughs> I love egg noodles, and I make a secret mushroom gravy with um, peas and carrots in it. And... That's a fantastic sounding meal, Tim. And people often like to go to Disney for one or two reasons. They either like the rides or they like the food. I guess they like the drinks, too. And when you're planning a trip to Disney, you have to take all of that into consideration to really break it down Barney-style and plan it. So today, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to take everybody through planning a Disney trip from, you know, square one all, all the way through the process. Um, and, and hopefully we, get, we can break this down to where anyone listening either has a, a better idea what's going on or at the very least they think, you know what, I could do this myself. I got this. And good on you if, if that's where you where you are with your trip planning uh, skills. So uh, tonight we're just going to kind of run through because I know Adam is leaving for his trip that um, he has spent some time planning. And if anyone's going to the sh- sheet up... <laughs> I've been planning that uh, one you're, too. <laughs> you're, you're you're getting really close to the deadline for finalizing some of those plans. So we're just going to kind of walk through this, and I think uh, folks don't get to hear enough of Tim usually. And tonight, for good reason, you're going to get more than you bargained for. So Tim, take it away. Well, first up, you call your travel agent and make them do all the work. Show's over. Good night. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Chippendale, figure it out. <laughs> but if you decide to do it yourself, it's not really all that difficult. There's just certain time frames you have to do everything in. 
in order for you to get whatever you want to book for your dining reservations, your room, your dining reservations, and your fast passes, the first step is deciding when you want to go. Now, obviously, it determines when you can go, if your kid's in school, or some people have block-out dates on their own vacations through their job. But I scoured through some Disney planning websites who list best times in theory of when to go. And the overall consensus seems to be, we're just going to go by for this year. And this is what they're listing as the best times to go for this year. January 6th to the 9th. Mm. January 13th to the 16th, which that didn't work no. out very well. I was just going to say. Marathon week. January 27th to February 13th. February 25th to March 6th. The second half of April. Weekdays in the first half of May. The second half of August. Most days in September. Most weekdays in October. Weekdays in November minus the week of Thanksgiving and weekdays in December minus the weeks of Christmas and New Year's Eve. There really are no slow times to go to Disney anymore. No, we've we've mm-hmm. usually go in uh, in September as a family typically, and we take the kids out of school for it. And the crowds are lower. Like our first time doing it, we went in September, and the and the crowds were just stupid low. Like we could just walk on anything we wanted to, basically. Um, so we have no problem taking the kids out of school because, you know, they'll figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> For the longest time, we've gone always in October. We don't have kids to worry about pulling yeah. out of school, so we'd always go in October. And for the most part, they were very low crowds. But it was, it's also food and wine festival time, so you have week, weekend crowds are there, local crowds are there on the weekends. But through the week clouds are relatively light now we've been going it doesn't you know doesn't really matter what time of year we just whatever we're planning in the next sheet up <laughs> that's when we, well the next race that's where we end up going i love how one of their um months is literally just a three-day window for this month is the best time to go which month was that it was i think it was january 13th through the 16th well, it's January 6th to 9th and January 13th to 16th. Yeah, yeah, 6th to 9th and 13th to 16th. So here you go. Here's here's a three-day window. It's, what is it, like probably a fucking Tuesday through Wednesday? It's probably Tuesday or Thursday. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so the 6th to the 9th was a Monday to a Thursday. And the 13th to the 16th was also a Monday to a Thursday. There you go, folks. You heard here first. Go to Disney on a Monday through Thursday. <laughs> well, that's typically any time during the year is best to go on a Monday to Thursday. Weekends are always going to be your busiest time. Except for Thanksgiving. You said except for Thanksgiving. Yeah, except for Thanksgiving and Christmas week because then everybody's... And Jersey week. Which is sometime in November. I don't really know the exact dates for Jersey week. After you decide when to go, you got to decide where to stay. And there are many, many choices of places to stay on property and off property. You have your what Disney calls their good neighbor hotels. And that's a relatively new thing because they didn't yeah. use, usually they didn't have it for, they always had it at Disneyland, but they, this is new for Disney yeah. World, new-ish for Disney, Disney World. For Disney World. It's kind of controversial too. 
Do I? It's kind of controversial. Because some of them, some of them do get some of the benefits, like fast pass benefits and all that for parks. The most of them are around the Disney Springs area. I mean, you also have your non good neighbor hotels. Yeah, you can pick. Also... You're a bad neighbor. <laughs> bad neighbor hotels. <laughs> and of course, Disney has their own levels of hotels that you can stay in. They range from camping all the way up to deluxe accommodations. We've stayed at just about everything there except for camping. Mm -hmm. All the way from value, moderate, deluxe, depending on your taste, depending on how much you want to spend. All the, the resorts are fairly well-themed, with the exception of maybe the contemporary, but it all depends on where you want to stay. Where Where is your favorite? I mean, there's a few that I haven't stayed at that I really want to stay at, like the Boardwalk and Beach Club, now that, I, now that they have the gondolas. Um, there's a... But, like, my favorite for convenience, right now I would have to say... Probably Polly. Just because it's even when the monorail's not working working well, it's a walk to TTC. And from TTC you can pretty much get at, get anywhere you need to go. And then for everything else, it's a walk to the buses. You also have your choice of uh resort lunches too, the boats. Yep. I think for me it's uh, you know, the my favorite that I've stayed at was probably I mean it, it's we were spoiled, um, so I guess it would be the uh, Bay Lake <laughs> Grand Villa because <laughs> it was so nice. But uh, I really want to do a cabin at Fort Wilderness, like really bad. Yeah, I'd like to stay there one time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to actually go camping. I would do camping over a cabin. Well, I. The thing is, if you... Bunk, you see, the cabins have bunk beds. Okay. That they also have a regular... Dibs. And, they're, and the beds are tiny. I mean, it's not that big. It's like a single wide. Yeah, it's smaller than a single wide, actually. But if you're, for instance, flying to Disney, you're probably not packing a tent. I mean, you could, I guess. You could. I mean, a little two-man two tent. I don't see why not. You could probably check it. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, know, I think our tent will count as oversized luggage because ours is pretty big, but it's packed in its case. I know exactly how I am when it comes to setting up a tent and I'm camping, and I don't want to. My wife doesn't want to deal with that when she's on vacation in the, you know, happiest place on earth. So we just need to show up. Go in, drop our shit, drink. But then she can always go drink and you can pick up, fill up the tent. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're going to do tent camping at Disney, it's going to be one of those trips where you don't spend a lot of time in the park. Probably. I don't see why not. I mean, why wouldn't you go to the park if you're in the, if you're tent camping? I don't know. I think I would want to experience the resort a little bit more. There's a lot of stuff to do at Fort Wilderness. At tent camping, Fort Wilderness is going to be the cheapest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
a quote-unquote resort you can stay at on property and get all those cushy benefits. Except like for public shower. showers. <laughs> no, they got public showers. <laughs> public showers. <laughs> Running water. You know, cushy benefits Running water. like that. Hey, Running you, water. Can, you can run to the water. Well, I mean, the, the camping sites do have electricity, so... We, yeah, I think they've all got power in a, in a water spigot. So, you know, you can haul that 110 AC unit down there and hang it out your tent. Yeah, I hope nobody steals it while you're at the parks. Yeah, that would be my main concern. Like you'd have to, I would have to empty the tent out, put it in the car every day, just because I'm paranoid. I want people stealing my stuff. And rightly so. However, um, if you're in like a camper down there and, and you get hooked up next to some of those other like long-term uh, Fort Wilderness campers that hang out, they, they watch everybody else's shit all the time. They hardly ever go to the parks. They just, it's Fort Wilderness is one of the top-rated campgrounds in the nation. And these folks go down there and they just stay months at a time. And yeah, they, heard, they have an that. awesome community of those um, long-term campers down there. I just I just want to do one of the golf cart parades. Absolutely. Mm, we, yes. we should oh, we yes. should do it anyway. We should do, we're not even staying at this park. We're going to go over there around 7:30 <laughs> in the evening. Ride the golf cart, get a golf cart up. and then just do it up real quick and then just do the parade and then go go back to our resort. <laughs> If you do stay on property, the prices for these the hotels start at one hundred and fifty three dollars a night and go all the way up to seven hundred and change a night. Like that starting. Well, some of them go higher than that now. Well, yeah, that's starting, starting prices. Yeah. And that depends on location of the room in the building, time of year you go to. So keep that in mind as well. But you do get certain perks if you stay on Disney property, and one of them is the use of Disney's Magical Express. Now, for those that don't know what Magical Express is, it's Disney's complimentary motor coach transportation between Orlando International Airport and Walt Disney World Resort Hotels. How it works is once you book your room and you have your flight information, you contact Disney. And from the U.S. or Canada, you use 407-939-1936. From the Magic Kingdom, it's 0800-169-0730. Why wouldn't you just do this online? The website doesn't say anything about doing it You can do it online as well. Because I've always... Anytime I've used a Magical Express, there's a spot where you just fill it in and the information automatically transfers over. It also notes that other, all other international guests have to call their travel agent. Most international travelers are not going to be eligible for the luggage service part of Magical Express, though. Yeah. So we haven't used Magical Express in a while, but what it does is when you reserve your Magical Express, you about two to three weeks before your trip, you get your yellow luggage tags, you affix those to your bags. When you get to your departure airport, that's the last time you see them until you get to your room provided your flight is between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. If it's in that nighttime window, you have to bring your own bags. That's a bummer. We've actually had to do that once. Only because our flight was delayed and we didn't get to Orlando until it was like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. So we actually had to grab our bags from the carousel and bring them on Magical Express ourselves. 
So the, you know, also, the bus has a spot to stow your luggage. I'm, I mean, like, like any yeah. large yeah, it's, bus it's transportation. Car, it goes, okay. Yeah, it goes underneath the carriage. Like if you have your carry-ons too, they'll the driver will put the carry-ons underneath the coach for you, so you don't have to sit with them on your seat. Okay. Or take up take up an extra seat. You also it also uh, includes re- a return trip from your resort to Orlando, which you'll get your eviction notice the night before tell you when your pickup time is to go back to the airport it's usually I think now it's three hours before your flight time but we've been ubering because we've been hanging out later in the world and in the park so we've been ubering so once I get to the airport three hours before Mm -hmm. also know that it takes about 45 minutes for you to get from the airport to the resort or the resort to the airport they usually make multiple stops different resorts also keep that in mind well also different terminals at the airport oh no just the one terminal I'm no, lying. just the one terminal B when you get down to terminal B you'll see that the magic express booth you tag your magic band and they'll tell you what line to get in and just wait for them to call you to get on a bus that's going there or not coming home though yeah going there yeah coming back you just get there and they just drop you off at terminal B you get off and you're on your merry way Next up will be, I guess, uh, park tickets will be next. All right. So, the most fun about your your Disney trip is trying to figure out your park tickets. Said no one ever. I mean, if you're an annual pass holder, it's not even a thing. Still said no one ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The reason why it's that it, it's it's not as cut and dry as most other theme parks. Disney has multiple ways to price a ticket now, and now it's actually broken down by day, by time of year, by month, by weekend. It, it it's it's super chaotic. It's really hard to figure out. The only thing is that I can tell you is that Disney, on its official website, has a pretty easy kind of way to put in the amount when you're going how long you're going for and what you need and it'll just price it out for you it's just it's this huge calendar and each calendar is assigned a different dollar amount so basically a one-day park ticket from what i discovered can run you anywhere between 116 dollars to 169 dollars for an adult for a child it's anywhere between 110.76 and 164.01 gotta get that penny and that is for a base one day park ticket um for 10 days at this is the max i can find this is also the max amount of days you can buy consecutively and this is it goes up to 553.69 for a base ticket up to 703.65 so the longer you stay, the cheaper it gets. Yeah, per day. Yeah, per day. So that that's always it's always been that way. Child maximum price goes up to six seventy nine ninety. I am so glad I don't have children. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm glad we do an- annual pass. Yes. Now the good thing about this is that these prices are kind of locked in at the beginning, so you don't kind of have to worry about oh gosh, like your airplane ticket. Where you kind of forget to buy it for like, oh, I have to come home tomorrow. So if it's if you keep on putting it off, it's kind of locked in. 
Now I said base ticket a bunch of times. There are a bunch of extra options that you can add on to your base ticket. And a base ticket, it just basically means just that. There's This is the lowest level of ticket you can buy. And it's one park per day, period. If you want to go to another park, you can. But that takes away one of your park days. So if you have a base ticket and you start in Hollywood Studios and you want to pop over to Magic Kingdom, that's two days worth of tickets. So not exactly the smartest move you can make. Now, the newest option they now offer is called the Water Park and Sports Option. And this is a $70 per ticket cost. And now just remember that your average park ticket for the water park is $69. Now, this can be added to the one-day park ticket of base ticket for any amount of days. So instead of adding the park hopper option, which was the only other way you could kind of do this, this adds in access to one of your choice per day and that's going to be your, your golf course your water park your sports facility um blizzard beach typhoon lagoon nba experience espn sports complex disney oak trail Go golf course fantasia gardens miniature golf and the winter summerland miniature golf but the miniature golf stuff all has to be done before 4 p.m so do they not do the uh, free two rounds of golf? I don't think so. I think that's at gone. the mini golf thing. Oh, I think that's bummer. gone because they have this, and it's seventy dollars per ticket for I guess as many days as you want. So you would get, let's say, if you had a three day park ticket, you can go use these things three times. Okay, so it's not seventy per day per ticket. No, it's just seventy for the per link. ticket, not okay. seventy per day. Okay. However, a water park That's ticket per day is 69 bucks. Right. So if you plan on kind of doing this and not necessarily park hopping, you kind of make out on this if you go to the yeah. water park two days. So if you go to both water, yeah, you're there for five days, you're only doing one park per day, you can do the two water parks on the other days if it's not this raining. Is, this is legit the only way I would probably see myself doing the NBA experience is, is if I also mm. had a water park day. Because then the NBA experience is basically free, which I think it should be anyway, because there's just not enough in there to hold my attention. Yeah. But uh, I don't it, I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one. I, I kind of like the idea of this just for the it kind of gives that option of because we'll get into more ticket options, but it, it kind of gives you that plus option that you didn't necessarily have. Park Hopper is the next option. This means you're just doing multiple tar parks in one day. And again, this is a per-ticket edition. So if it's a one-day park ticket, it's 65 bucks. For two to three days, it's a $75 buck per ticket, not per day. And it's 85 for four to 10 days. And that's per ticket, again, not per day. This just means you can go in between all the parks. Pretty easy. And then you have your Park Hopper Plus, which kind of loops in the water park and sports option on your Park Hopper ticket. So is that one what used to be the water parks fun and more? No, because you actually get more to this. Because the water parks fun and more, I don't think you got golf. No, you just got your the mini golf. You didn't get right. So golf. this you can actually get regular golf on. Um, it goes eighty-five day for one day tickets and ninety-five for two to three days and a hundred and five per ticket for four to ten days. Um, 
this is the water park fun and more was the closest to it but that was also you only got a limited amount of visits to the water park on that yeah, this two i think it was it depended how long your ticket was so like it was like if you had like a seven day might have been two tickets so this you can go to one thing every day including to the parks so if you want to take half a day every day and then go to the water park every day, you could do that. If you want to go do a round of golf on one of those days, you can do that as well. If you want to go play mini golf every day, you can do that as well. I love me some mini golf. So, but I don't, I just, it really depends on how you travel. And I guess the thing that we kind of forgot to talk about at the beginning was who is the vacation for? Like, if is, is this an adult only vacation kind of situation? Is this... A kids one-time trip kind of vacation so I mean, it's something to think about while you're planning it's gonna also factor into what your park ticket looks like so if your kid needs some downtime in the middle of the day take him out of the parks go play some mini golf relax in the water park a little bit go to the NBA experience said no one ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna yeah. be emptier than Disney Quest was <laughs> Now, of course, this kind of leads up to the discussion of the annual passes. This is where it gets a little more interesting because the break-even point for some of these passes have gotten a little crazy. And I didn't do all the math. I just, I kind of ran out of time. But now you have, of course, you start with your, the highest one you can get, your Platinum Plus Pass. This allows you to visit all four, four theme parks on any day, it includes Disney PhotoPass downloads, up to 20% off on select dining, 20% off merchandise, standard theme park admission. I mean, standard theme park parking. And this also includes Into the Water Parks, ESPN Wild World of Sports, Oak Trail Golf, and the Oak Trail Golf Course. It doesn't include both golf courses like the um, other one does. The um, plus options do. It is now, for ages three and up, $1,295. That's why we didn't do it this year. Um, a renew <laughs> the renewal for the Platinum is 1036 So if you oh. already have, you save about a little over 200 bucks. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, that that's half a meal. No. <laughs> um, next up is the Platinum Plus, and these are the passes that anybody can get. This is a mission for a year for all four theme parks. The only thing that you're cutting out is the water parks, ESPN, and the golf. This is now at $1,195. So $1,200. Yes, as the other one's $13. And again, three and up, no golf. But no water parks either, if that's a thing. Um, Renewal price is $951. Now, this is the pass that we now get because, hey, DVC. Um, And this is the Gold Plus. Now, the thing with the Gold Plus is that it does have block updates. And this is going to be during your Christmas week up to New Year's, up to the day after New Year's Eve. And um, spring break time is a two-week blackout period, which almost always falls around um, Star Wars races. But you get everything except including the blackout just with blackouts significantly less price here 
you're looking at $719 for the gold. And the renewal is about 611. These are all before taxes. Now, the last annual pass I'm going to go over, and there are a list of annual passes now and weird passes for Florida residents. And I'm like, I can, no, I'm not, I wasn't going that yeah. deep, is the water park annual pass. And you get a one year admission to Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach during normal operating hours. And this is 139 bucks. Which, I mean, if, you, if you're a local, it's two visits. Does that have any kind of uh, discount on food and drink? No. No, okay. it's just a water park annual pass. It's just going in and out of the water parks. If you're a local, I don't think you're going to spend the whole day in the water park anyway. You probably go home and eat. Well, I mean, I would just... I mean, there, there are better deals for Florida pass holders. Also, you can pay off your Florida passes in monthly installments. You don't have to pay for it all in one shot like everybody else does. Yeah. So it kind of makes it a little bit more easier to swallow. But, I mean, a family of four buying that first initial purchase of an annual pass, a platinum pass, it, it's not cheap. It is a used automobile. But, I mean, when you start adding things up, and I, oh. I should have done this, and I don't know. One, one annual pass was more money than my first car hey mine was just an even grand so i'm with you my first car was 200 dollars. well fuck you then we started when we first became annual pass holders we started with the platinum plus and we quickly slowly started to downgrade as the price went up and up and we knew this year we didn't need to go during april because we weren't doing star wars so we just went all the way down to gold save some money mm-hmm. i mean okay so a basic 10 day with the Park Hopper Plus is $808.65. So the Platinum Plus is $12.95. So it's not that 10-day break-even point now. So you would need to do like two seven-day trips a year to to break even? No, less than that. Because the seven-day Park Hopper at most... I mean, the seven-day base is $661.56. So two of those tickets at seven days is already over 12, almost 13. Right, so a week and then like a long week. Yes. So it, it used to be about that 10-day mark. You would break even. It, it's changed a little bit. But it, again, it, it's also depending on when you're going. Because the prices vary so drastically. So what you're saying is Disney should raise the prices on day tickets. So it evens out to the price of the... No, I'm just saying it, it's it's really hard to figure out the math. I know. Like, like you need flowcharts, and I wasn't. No, is this the, is this that Common Core bullshit? Is that why? Yes, that's exactly why the prices are this way. Disney parks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense now. You just made this all make sense. Hey, mm. you're welcome. So, once you figured out your tickets. You figured out the length of your stay. You figured out this is going to cost way too much money. We have another little add-on for you. That's dining. What you going to eat when you're down there? Everything. That works. If you go to Disney, you just you just you have you have everything. Uh, but that's a very um, you know there's 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 so much there for for you to eat. So let's break down dining a little bit now. If you're new around here, you and 
you're just now getting into planning Disney trips and stuff like that, you hear a lot of the old uh, timers throw around the acronym ADR. ADR, get your ADR. Watch your ADR. ADR stands for Advanced Dining Reservation, which really sounds intimidating. But all, all it really is, is it'll, it, it's a concept Disney has that allows park guests um, to lock in their dining reservations well in advance of their trips. For instance, 180 days. You hear everybody talk about the 180 mark, the 180 days mark. Well, that is the earliest you can begin making reserv- dining reservations for your trip. And that sounds like a long time, but don't be fooled. You and thousands of other trip planners are going to be getting up at 6 a.m. Eastern to look into getting a table at whatever restaurant you're shooting for. And the more popular restaurants, typically their character meals and stuff like that, tend to uh, fill up faster than than the others. So plan accordingly. Um, With regards to that 180-day booking window... There are, you know, I guess two caveats uh, to that. If you're on Disney property, you can make your dining reservations 180 days from the first day of your stay, and you can book out up to 10 days. So if your trip is only for eight days, then you can make your ADRs for all eight days 180 days before day one. It always sounds so confusing when, when you try to explain this to anybody. Because you're just, you're just saying the same things, then you're changing the rules. Um, if you're staying, if you're staying off property, then you can still make your dining reservations 180 days out, but only for each day of your stay. So, if you're still planning an eight-day trip, you're going to be getting up and calling Disney Dining every morning for eight days, knowing full well the guy staying at All Star Music already booked his whole trip on a Monday and he gets to sleep in on Saturday. So stay on property. This makes makes sense. Because you're gonna forget to wake up and and try to book a reservation and you're gonna fuck the whole trip up and your wife won't let you hear the end of it. Now sounds like you're talking from personal experience. I'm not. We've we've not had any issues, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just she saying. does the planning. I'm 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 <laughs> That's cute. I'm cutting it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of planning, how do you plan your dining? Well, you know, most people kind of fall into two camps with with this topic. There's people who plan their dining around their park days, and then you got people that plan their park days around their dining reservations. Personally, I think you just need to be flexible when it comes to this. Um, you may really want to lunch at Tiffin's in Animal Kingdom, but the only open slot they had coincides with your fast pads for Voyage of the Little Mermaid at Hollywood Studios. So, you know, you're going to have to make a compromise. Fast pass Voyage of the Little Mermaid. You are doing this wrong, Mikey. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's a fantastic attraction, and I think it's often overlooked. You are doing this wrong if you are <laughs> fast passing Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Well, he would do that just for the cloaca. I absolutely I would. Um, personally, I like to try to you know go into dining planning and stuff like this, um, getting all of my uh, table service or sit down meals to kind of coincide with the park that I plan on being in that day, because you may not always have park hopper like Adam talked about, so you're you're locked in. Just listen, if you've got you know four park tickets for a four you know day stay. And 
you're in Hollywood Studios and oh shit, you booked Animal Kingdom. Well, you just lost an entire day worth of tickets. So keep that, you know, in in mind when when planning out where you plan on eating. So you may have to flip your your park days around to get that one reservation you were really wanting. And speaking of getting reservations, uh, you know, this this can be done a couple different ways. So if you've got your trip already laid out and kind of loosely matched up to your park days with, with your dinner options, it's time to make that reservation or, or all of your reservations. And this can be done a couple different ways. Um, if you screwed up and dicked around and forgot to take the day off work or your boss just doesn't understand the literal Hunger Games that is getting Cinderella's Royal Table reservations, you can always see about making the reservation using the uh, the Disney World app on, on your smartphone. Is it still called the My Disney Experience? Because I opened yes. it up today and it didn't say My Disney Experience anywhere in the app. It doesn't name it, but that's what it's kind of commonly called. Okay. For now, well, you, until Genie comes until out. it's not <laughs> six a.m. Uh, let's say, let's say five fifty. You can sneak off into the bathroom at work and start trying to get your ADRs. All right, just yeah, get yeah, on but, the Wi-Fi. But, but it's seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's six for online. It's seven for phone calls. Yeah, is it? Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought they changed everything to seven. Oh well, my. It might be wrong. I might be wrong. That's that's where I that's that's what I read when I was doing my researches. Seven a.m. Oh, they moved um, fast passes to seven a.m. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not my topic, so we'll figure out when we get to it. Now, mind you, with regards to the app, the interface is a little bit clunky and it can get glitchy, but it, it is an option. Alternately, if you're at home or you got a cool boss, you can hop on your PC and go to the Disney World website. Log in, yeah, 10 minutes ahead of time. That way you can get everything lined out in front of you, and hopefully if Stitch shows up, you can kick his ass to the curb and get a solid connection. And you can still go in there and start making your ADRs um, through the web portal. Uh, just get in there early and just give her hell. Uh, also, bear in mind, uh, the website can be a little clunky and glitchy, <laughs> just much mm. like the app. So uh, you've, you've got this, uh, this third option. Um, but you got to wait till 7 a.m. You can call Disney's dining specific hotline at 407 WDW Dine and uh, wait to get a cast member on the phone uh, to, to take your reservation that way. Um, some, you know, some people prefer to do this because you can talk to one person and lay everything out. You know what? Sometimes cast member can see more than the app is telling you and maybe they can get get in there and, and, and you know work some work some magic for you and it never hurts to get a hold of a cast member talk to them and let them know what you're celebrating because hey you know what maybe you've got an anniversary dinner planned and you want to let someone know that Woo-hoo. so don't be afraid to call and get a hold of a cast member even if you've already made your reservations through uh, the the web portal or the app and everything is cool but you are celebrating something still at your leisure, you can make a phone call to 407-WDW-DINE and uh, just let them know, hey, here's what's up and here's my information. Make sure you got confirmation numbers and shit like that. Otherwise, you're wasting your damn time in theirs. And a lot of people want to talk to them. So, uh, also, uh, one more thing. If you're um, making reservations and the app is like there's nothing available, go ahead and work through all your reservations. And at 7 o'clock rolls around, 
go ahead and get a phone call in to a, to a cast member. Maybe they can uh, get you in there when the app said no. Definitely a possibility. And I have to also uh, mention that, you know, some restaurants with regards uh, to, to making those reservations, um, they're just fine with making the reservation to the app or whatever, but some will require a credit card to hold that reservation or even pay for it in full? Incorrect. All reservations that you make through your Disney's Experience app has Disney's Experiences apps has to be (laughs) made. That's what I appreciate. Squirrely squirrely Adam, folks. (laughs) Has to be... You have to have a credit card guarantee. Okay, so if you're using the app, I was going to say if you're doing like some reservations in Disney Springs, um, like with OpenTable, for instance, you don't have to assign a credit card to that. Correct. MDE... And if you're using a Disney portal, um, okay, then then you will have to have a, a credit card. Sometimes the card just holds the reservation, but for instance, Cinderella's Royal Table, it's paid for in full. Correct. Uh, most of your dinner shows are also paid for in full. Okay. At there time you go. of reservation. However, if you do not cancel your reservation, they will charge said card on file ten dollars per person of your party. Mm-hmm. So pay attention. If uh, you plan on canceling, have that. Uh, just go ahead and call and cancel it as soon as you know you're not going to be there. Otherwise, you'll forget. And next thing you know, there's like a $60 charge because, you know, your family didn't show up for fucking beer garden. So just just call and cancel it when it's time to cancel it. Don't wait until the same day. What has it got to be beer garden for? Uh, it's the first place I came to, man. Because <laughs> I love me some schnitzels. Greener schnitzels? All the schnitzels. All the schnitzels. <laughs> yes, Adam! <laughs> I'm not a schnitzelist. <laughs> so, you know, we've we've talked about making uh, the reservations, but what happens if you just 100% weren't able to get the reservation you were shooting for? Oh, it's simple. You don't eat. No, listen. <laughs> if you weren't able to get the ADR at Chef Mickey's, but your four-year-old is still screaming to eat there... Never hurts to just uh, drop by any table service restaurant that takes ADRs and see if they got any spots open. Now, if you're talking about a full family of like four to six, it's going to be real difficult to get worked in, but it can happen. If you're talking about a party of like two, uh, you're probably looking at maybe like a 30-minute wait, which is like going out to eat most anywhere on a weekend. So don't bitch about waiting half an hour to get seated because I know you've done it before. At the, the Red Lobsters, maybe. Uh, or or my, someplace where you can get them shashimis and shoesies. Exactly. <laughs> my other suggestion here is check back. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's what I've got in here. Just uh, just keep checking. You know, from, from 180 days out until the day you want to eat there, just keep checking. Because, like we just discussed, folks drop reservations and cancel reservations. Uh, because sometimes they'll make several reservations on that same day for, di- for different times. You, you can't overlap or you can't within two hours. So I guess maybe at best you could have like two dinner reservations for like, you know, five and seven. But they do get dropped because people change their minds. Folks get sick. People drop out. So just keep checking back. And I can attest that we went, my wife and I went for a breakfast at Ohana's. Just the two of us, we had no reservation. We went to the cast member and said, hey, it's just two of us. Can we get in? She goes, well, hang on. Let me see what I can do. And when they gave us one of them little bitty, uh, you know, buzz, buzz, light up pucks. And we went and had drinks while we waited for our breakfast reservation to get called. So listen, 
always check on it. And if you are looking at a restaurant in Disney Springs, which is still technically Disney property, a lot of those reserve, a lot of those restaurants you can still get reservations for through the the My Disney Experience app and the website. But if that tells you no, check out OpenTable.com. Several of those restaurants offer reservations there, and they don't always say the same thing but a reservation is a reservation get one walk in there be a karen get your table and eat your dinner you can also walk up to those restaurants directly and make reservations especially for large parties you're better off just doing that starting there to begin with so see there dining in disney is simple right no but wait there's more but wait there's more (laughs) let me introduce you to a little friend of mine called the dining plan let's throw a fucking wrench into everything i just explained Disney World offers their own dining plan for anyone staying on property. Uh, It's basically like a prepaid meal plan for the duration of your stay, and it kind of makes it feel like you're on more of an an all-inclusive kind of uh, trip. Um, The the Milflans? Nope, that's uh, Latin dessert. Mufflins? (laughs) Yeah, the Muffalettas. These meal plans will offer certain Disney snack items and drinks, and you get quick service meals, which is basically like your fast food options, and you get table service meals, which is more of a sit-down restaurant type of meal. It's got servers and refills and shit like that. Um, (laughs) That you ain't got to get up and go get. That's fancy. That's fancy pants is what I'm talking about there. Fancy eatings. This is fancy <laughs> Depending on which dining plan um, you go with, there are three different levels. Uh, the quantity of these meal or meal credits, which is how I should be calling them, uh, the quantity can vary, but all plans across the board come with the exclusive refillable souvenir resort mug that you can use in your... Resorts food court. Exclusive. Or you could just spend $15 outright and buy one for the duration of your stay. But you get it for, for quote unquote free with all your dining plans. And here and here are the plans. Okay, you've got the quick service dining plan, which gets you per day two quick service meal credits and two snack credits. Uh, the regular dining plan will give you a table service credit and a quick service credit, again with two snacks. And the deluxe dining plan, which is kind of the Cadillac, gets you three meal credits of any combination. I don't recommend going three snack credits because you're going to lose a shitload of money. And um, No, it comes with two snack credits as well. It's yeah, yeah. I, I said, and you convert, you convert, you can they convert to oh, yeah, like one quick service is like three snack, credits. yeah. But there's a caveat with that, too. Don't, don't, don't go deluxe and, and only use quick service because no, yeah, or just don't go deluxe and just do just don't go deluxe. And, uh, I'll get, I'll get more into that here in a minute. Speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> the deluxe will get you, like I said, three of those milk credits. So you could roll out three table service and fucking be an absolute whale walking around Disney. Um, and I don't just mean that because you're a high roller. And you also get the two snacks per day. Uh, now, during your stay, you can use any of these milk credits from any of the plans in any order you wish. So you can use all table service on one day and only snacks on the other. Or you can just be normal and go like, you know, a snack for lunch. I mean, not snack. A quick service for lunch and a table for dinner. Or whatever, man. It's your justification. Don't fucking listen to us. No, do listen to us, but don't listen to us. Um, 
they won't expire until midnight the day you check out. So if you've got leftover snack credits, like a lot of people do, fucking go to Magic Kingdom, hit Bank Street, go to Goofy's Candy Store, fucking shopping spree. Have fun. <laughs> My son likes the, uh, the sour balls. Now, some restaurants can cost you two of these um, table service credits per person to eat there. This is most of your... Uh, well, this would be like your your signature dinings, uh, hoop de doo, with it, which has your show and stuff like that. And I think the uh, spirit of Aloha is that what it's called? Aloha, the luau. Yeah, yeah at the Poly. Those are you know going to be like your two uh, two credit meals. So you know th- these credits, they're, they're just that. They're basically like a currency that you exchange for foodstuffs. So budgeting can be involved with your planning. So think about that in advance. If you're doing stuff that takes two credits, you're going to lose a table service meal somewhere else and have to, you know, finger it all out. Um, And speaking of budgeting stuff, let's price, let's price these meals out, these dining plans out. Okay. Your basic snack plan, which is going to run you $55 a day per adult and $25 per kid, which is from three to nine under three eats free. Three to nine is going to be uh, twenty six dollars on a snack plan. So okay, the under three does not eat free. They oh. just you do not have to actually pay for the meal plan for them. So it's not oh, required. Okay. okay, so here's the meal plan works for it. You have to purchase it for everybody in the room. So you're right. if you're I, staying with a kid under three, they don't just get to choose. Oh, I'm going to have the hamburger with the beer. That's not the way that's going to work. I don't know how you're raising your son, Adam. But damn it, where I come from, if my kid wants a burger and a beer, he gets a burger and a beer. Yeah, not if they're through. As long as you want to pay for it, you can get him whatever the fuck you want. But You're um, right. I, 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 I was uh, absolutely paraphrasing my notes when I, when I, when I said that. Um, yeah, nothing is free at Disney except the bad water. And yes, you're, you don't have to buy, buy a dining plan. Because when you do, I didn't mention this, when you do get dining plan, you can't just get dining plan for half the people that are in your party. Everybody has to get it, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it has to be for the whole length of stay. It's right. not, no, here's the game with this also. If you have more than one room, one room can be on that reservation, on the dining plan. The other room does not. Right. So, okay. Well, in my pretend family that I've priced this out at, I don't have a toddler, all right? I got me, my wife, I got a 10-year-old boy, and a preschool-aged kid. So basically, I'm hitting three adult meals and a kids-level dining plan meal. So breaking this down, I'm looking at, for the four of us, about $191 per day for us to have fast food meals. All right? What that what that means is I'm getting, you know, where we're getting, uh, each of us are getting two quick services a day, and we're getting two snacks a day. So... Let's just go to Epcot to do this, and for lunch, we're going to go to the Regal Beagle when it opens. Uh, I'll get the $19 three-meat platter thing. My wife will have a $12 smoked sausage sandwich because she loves the sausage as much as she loves a chicken dish. I was just going to say, how are you not getting How are you, she's not getting chicken? Have you ever heard her talk about sausage? Uh, no. Not no. really. It's she always loves chicken. her some sausage. Always chicken. 
My 10 year old, he's not adventurous as we are, so he'll probably get the $8 barbecue chicken leg meal. And little brother orders off the kid's meal and gets a fucking $8 cheeseburger. So that's only $47 worth of food if you were to break it down and pay for it outright. That is literally one quarter of your $191 per day plan for the four of you to eat. So you now have the rest of your day to try to spend up to $144 to, to equal this out. And that's in one more meal and all your snacks. Well, you're forgetting. You're, are you including drink? Well, yeah, this, this includes... No, I'm not pricing out the drink separately on that. But does your meal plan include your drink? Yes, it does have a drink. With, so with you have that, to include so. your meal plan on the drink because you also get an alcoholic beverage. With quick serve? I'm almost positive. I think it was for the quick serve. I thought it was just table serve. Let's just say I'm not drinking. Because you can get it with the quick service meal during the regular meal plan. Well, let, let's just say I'm, I'm only drinking sodas. Either way, okay, it's about $47. Let's just call it 60 with four drinks. You're still looking at having like $130 to spend on another round of meals and all your snacks. It, it It's, it's going to be difficult to break even on a snack meal plan because that is the most expensive meal I could find in Epcot that was uh, quick serve. So everybody would have to get that $19 meat tray thing. It's just, I, I can't vouch for the quick serve meal plan but nope. the stand it actually does the quick service meal plan the actual breakdown you get two quick service meals two snacks or non-alcoholic drinks each quick service meals includes for breakfast lunch or dinner one entree one non-alcoholic beverage or alcoholic beverage for guests 21 and older oh okay well i don't i don't read the whole paragraph apparently <laughs> so you can kind of make that up in beer well Not but really. then you have to buy regular drinks for everybody else in the party if you're just trying to skim no. the other three beers. No, well, I mean, yes, but I mean, it might be cheaper that way. That's, that's a lot of snack money you're trying to equal out to because it's hard to find a $10 snack credit item. No, it's and not. Have you been to Food & Wine? I have. Food & Wine? Most of them are around 8 There are some $10 ones. Okay, well, still though... When you're having to go to this much effort to try to break even, yeah. it's not fucking worth it. Because you're just spending money just to try to break even when you, you, your kids aren't going to want anything at food and wine. Maybe a pretzel. I just I have a hard time recommending the quick serve meal plan. See, I, the only reason I, I can say go for it is if it's two adults. Kids, I'm sorry, I don't factor in. Especially for a dining plan. If they're that young, you shouldn't be. It, they, it doesn't make sense. Because you're I paying agree. way too much for the child. But if you have four adults and you're not buying the small menus, it can kind of save you money. Or if you even have two adults. If you're getting, I, I you're getting two meals with a drink. And it doesn't say beer. It says drink. Right. So you can probably choose any alcoholic $14, $15 drink on that menu. Provided they have it. Some places just have beer. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of the places have that specialty drink. And it, a lot of times you can order the specialty drink, like you want that glow cube. 
Got to get it. You need the special, and it's a $15, $16 drink. Uh, Stephanie's going to want a glow lube. Mm-hmm. If she ain't getting the chicken dish, she's definitely getting a glow lube. So. Exactly. Well, I'm not I mean, breaking you're... this down for just a grown-up. I'm, I'm breaking it down realistically how I would make this trip with my household. So you would steal everybody's alcoholic beverages and buy sodas for everyone? Or they're Probably drinking they drink water. Or they're all they drinking drink the water. fart water and you're drinking I, I all will, the alcoholic beverages. I will beverages. drink the fart water. <laughs> Who are you giving your alcoholic beverage to? I'm not having one that week. It, it's, it's, it's not my cheat week. Wow, the wise are coming hard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. The uh, the next dining plan is your standard dining plan, which is going to be a quick service uh, credit, a table service credit, and your two snacks per person per day. Now, for my fictional family of four, that's going to run $78 per adult and 30 bucks per kid, so that brings us to $264 per day to eat McDonald's and basically Chili's. That's not entirely fair, but roundabout uh this this is more lucrative when when i break this down for instance sticking with epcot if i want to try to maximize this particular dining plan uh basically i'm looking at spending 60 or so dollars for quick surf lunch for the four of us because we just talked about it you know on, on the quick surf thing uh, but hey, you know what? My kids want to meet princesses today. I don't feel like waiting in line. So I decided let's get dinner reservations at Akershus in Norway. Now, all the adult meals here are a flat $63 per person. And the kids are a flat $41 per person. And right off the bat, that's $230 of our $264 per day. Figure in my 30 bucks. And I'm at two two sixty, so I'm already basically breaking even, and I haven't even got the snacks. So if you really want to maximize one of these uh, meal plans, the standard plan, and then just do your high end character meals, um, that's like the best way to try to ma- maximize it. And Akershus is kind of the outlier here because it is the most expensive single credit meal in Epcot. For instance, Garden Grill, which has like, you know, Mickey and Goofy and Chip and Dale. Uh, it's like $54 per adult. So it's like, you know, it's going to be $20, almost 20 bucks. Well, $10 per person cheaper, I guess. I mean, the other thing you can do, and I hear this a lot, is that they're not... When you do the meal plan, they don't break down what's a child, what's a kid credit. A credit's a credit. So if you're if you have that kid who's only going to eat chicken nuggets, buy the damn chicken nuggets and you yep. have another meal to play with. Yep. Pay cash outright for someone who just because let's be listen. Even in my example here of going to Akershus, there ain't shit on that adult menu. My 15 year old son is going to eat. They have a pizza in the kid's meal, and that's what he's going to want, which is not going to be a good piece. It's not even going to be a bad pizza by Disney's then it's going to be a bad pizza <laughs> so yeah Adam is 100% correct um, a lot of the places if you've got you know a kid up to nine years old they, they probably won't want what's on the kids check meal anyway or they may want a burger and they're going to get half of it or a small cheeseburger or chicken strips chicken nuggets fucking uncrustable from Smuckers that's a thing 
Um, anyway, rounding this out, uh, not to get too deep into this because I've only got one line on it. The deluxe plan is $404 per day for my family of four. And I'm just, fuck all that noise. Um, I'll never balance that shit out. Ever. Because I don't eat that much food. Otherwise, you're just eating to eat up the credits. And how much fun is that? We used to do the deluxe dining plan. And that was the problem we had. It was just way too much food. Well, no. The the problem was I fucked up. And I miscounted my credits. But what we used to do is we used to take two two credits and go to a signature dining every night. And then you don't get... Like, either the night we arrived would still be two credits, so there's ways you can kind of work it. The dining plan, the deluxe dining plan got way too expensive for it to make sense for us anymore. But, I mean, the other thing with the deluxe is also you're you're getting the appetizer, the entree, and the dessert. Whereas the regular dining plan, you only get the entree and the dessert. Some places will allow you to switch the dessert for an appetizer or something else, but I think they kind of got rid of that. See, if you look at, at the website, though, it says the deluxe is just any of those credits. So even if you're getting your table service credit, it doesn't necessarily come with an appetizer. It does. It tells you what it comes with. If, if you look at the um, actual... You have to look at the actual what the meal entitlement okay, is. So per it's credit. going to vary based on your restaurant. You may not always have an appetizer. No, you always have an appetizer with the deluxe. If you're sitting down, you can always have an appetizer. Yeah. Di- yeah, dining only gets more difficult when you try to figure in your dining plans. And you just, you, you really have to break it down to see if it makes it. Listen, if it's your first trip, um, it's not a bad idea to get a dining plan just because you don't have to worry. Well, but, it's a budgeting issue, too. Yeah, when, when, yeah. Once you get through it, you can look back at what you did and didn't do or did and didn't spend and figure out on your next trip how that may or may not work out for you. Like, for, for us, I we don't know. I don't think we're going to do. Um, like, for just me and Stephanie, it wouldn't make any sense to do a dining plan. No, she always eats the chicken. Always. Or the sausage. Love the sausage, correct. All right, so the next thing that you need to be on the lookout for, because this is really starting to sound like a lot more steps than I even realized there were, were your FastPass reservations. So FastPass is the simplest way to describe this, is pre-scheduling the attractions you kind of want to go in on to. Um, There's actually no additional cost to use FastPass Plus, and it is included with all theme park admissions. To make your FastPass sucks... Sucks. Fast Pass sucks. That's all. Awesome. Fast Pass does suck. Yes, but, but yeah. to make your Fast Pass Plus selections, if you are staying at a Disney Park Resort, you have 60 days prior to check-in. If you are not staying at a Disney Resort, you have 30 days. And whatever your time window is, yeah, I got to wake up about quarter to seven in the morning because this is all done on the internet. There is nobody to call, and you just got to register. Make sure you registered all your tickets your length of stay, and you just kind of figure out what you're doing every day. You get three per park for one day. So what that basically means is you can choose three in one park every day for advanced planning. So this, of course, is subject to rules like everything else in Disney is. So there are certain tiers with certain parks. So Magic Kingdom has no tiers, so it's basically a free-for-all. So any of the rides you can get in any kind of combination, 
and you can choose three attractions as of right now. I'm sure that will change when Tron opens. Um, for Epcot, we have two tiers. So when you have two tiers, you can usually choose one from tier one and two from tier two. One from column A, two from column B. You have, in Epcot's tier one, you have Frozen Ever After, Epcot Forever, Soren, and Test Track. Tier two includes the Pixar short film festival, Journey into Imagination with Figment, Living with the Land, Mission Space, Spaceship Earth, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Turtle Talk with Crush. Problem is with choosing your tier one at Epcot is that you usually struggle choosing your tier two. And you can usually figure out one. I have never had to use a fast blast for Living with the Land. No. Or any, pretty much any of those other ones either. Well, really. um, Spaceship Earth can get crowded if it's at the beginning of the day. Yeah. But in Mission Space, I just know. We don't just, we don't write Mission Space. Oh, I love Mission Space. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> in Hollywood Studios, you are subject to two tiers as well. Um, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, Slinky Dog Dash, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway starting March 4th are going to be tier one. Tier 2, we have Ass, Toy Story Mania, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Fantasmic, Disney Junior Dance Party, for the first time in forever, a Frozen sing-along, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Muppet Vision 3D, Star Tours, and Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Wow. How the Mighty Have Fallen, I remember when Toy Story Mania was the Tier 1. Well, so was Alien Soaring Sources. Was it? Yes. When that thing first opened, I think it was. I thought it was open. I always open as a two. But yeah, they kind of balance. This is the most balanced tier one to tier two, in my opinion, right now. Because Millennium Falcon, Slinky Dog, and Minnie and Mickey's are going to be hard. Are going to be everybody wants to go on those, and I get that. And there's still enough in tier two that you can pick something that you won't be totally disappointed with. Next, it is Animal Kingdom. There are two tiers here as well. Um, tier 1 for Animal Kingdom is Avatar and Navi. Everything else is Tier 2. <laughs> I always thought Navi was Tier 2. Nope. Everything in Avatar Land is Tier 1. Everything else is Tier 2. Uh, I remember when Everest was Tier 1 too. Yes. Everest at one point was Tier 1. But tier that's one. been a walk on the last few times that we've been in. Yeah. Been like 10, 15 minute wait. Which is wild because it's still my favorite coaster on property. I can't believe Primeval World isn't a tier one. Primeval World has gone to seasonal operation. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me sad. I am sorry. I knew we weren't going to be happy with it, but it's kind of uh, Joe Rody just tweeted something today about Primeval World. Yes, I saw that on his tweeter. His, what his he twat? It's a, it's a parody of Dinosaur. Yeah, it is. Yes. Well, somebody tweeted that it was a parody of Dinosaur, and he's like... Well, Most he's he's mentioned that. it before, and we've yeah. discussed it a little bit because it does parody the the plot points Going of the dinosaur tracking mm-hmm. traction. Yeah. Yep. Now, some interesting hints that you can do with Fast Pass if you don't get your Fast Pass or you're having trouble. Refresh the app a bunch of times. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Also, this is another thing where you constantly check back to see they sometimes release more Fast Passes as your date gets closer. And then there's the 2 p.m. magic hour. 3, 3, 3 p.m. magic hour. Basically, sometimes in the afternoon, if you're lucky, about 3 p.m., 
all of a sudden a whole bunch more fast passes become available in the queue. So if you're paying attention and it's three o'clock, try to grab it then. Yep, I hear that a lot, especially for uh, Flight of Passage. Mm-hmm. When those fast passes open up, go get them. If you're listening to this and you haven't paid any attention to what happens on the internet, there are no fast passes for Rise of Resistance, the brand new Star Wars ride in Hollywood Studios and Batu. You, you've got to go into the app, and it's I'm not going to get into what you got to do there. Find a YouTube video on no, it. No, this is it has nothing. It's a pain in the ass. No, it's I'm actually just, not that bad. It's not, but it is. But something else that's not supposed to be a pain in the ass is like literally one of the very last things you can make adjustments to and confirm before your trip and that is just quite simply your magic bands and this is a technology that disney uh what they rolled it out about what five six years ago at disney World? Than that. it's been a while Has it been 2012 i think okay well i was making that part up but the it, it's it's the magic bands and if you've ever been you know what they are if you have it you probably still have an idea what they are um it's basically a bracelet that looks like a watch and it's got a removable puck in the middle of it with an embedded RFID chip that has basically all of your trip information on it. Your tickets, your meals, your meal plans, your resort info, your name, uh, etc. It's, it's, all, it's all right there. And what this allows you to do as a guest is just tap your band onto these little bitty touch points and you can get into your room you can use it to get into the park kinda i mean you still gotta go and scan your finger and then wait behind people that have never ever 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 in their lives been told to follow simple instructions i like how you say you can use it to get into your room not once well have i not had to visit the front desk if (laughs) true Uh, i've been there for two of these trips Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last trip. If the only one that worked this time around was my, Tim's. Everybody else's didn't work. Allegedly. Nope. <laughs> nope. It was true. Mine was the only one that worked. It's supposed to let you get into your... Listen, at least one person on your resort can get into your room. Um, if your kids aren't on there, send them outside and have some mom and daddy time. They can't get back in. It's fine. Um, it's got your... Um, card attached to it if you have that linked to your Disney experience so you can make purchases and it lets you use the fast pass system for rides Adam covered the fast pass system but you got a magic band really to take act to take advantage of that because you got to dink the touch points they know you're qualified to get in that quote unquote shorter line uh, now when you see on the um, website or my Disney experience information about these magic bands pop up you have like up to 11 days before you check in to make changes and customize these bands um the standard bands are included with your tickets and they come in a variety of just solid print colors uh they'll have your name or your nickname printed on the back side of them so you can pick whatever you want to be called within reason because i think some attractions does does uh, small world still have the the screens that say your name on yeah, it when you it pass did, so, yeah. yeah within reason you can pick whatever you want but i mean don't 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 be a dick unless your name is dick then you know go for it see what happens um now if that's not enough personalization for you 
or those don't look as well as you would like them to look, then you can actually upgrade to a bit more artfully themed band, um, again, through the, uh, the web portal or the app, um, My Disney Experience. And uh, you can, I, I think it's, I didn't, I didn't click the, the link to see, but isn't it like about $10 to upgrade to one of the more um, the so. themed that sounds right. type bands? Now, uh, these designs feel like they change every other day, like whatever's offered. They do. Um, they change is, often. Oh my gosh, it's so frequently. Probably whatever they have a surplus of mm-hmm. that you get yeah. rid of. And when this was originally launched, um, I know there was like an issue with people weren't really getting the one they wanted that they actually requested. They were getting like something else. So I think they've got that about ironed out. Um, but, uh, you know, for $10, it's a great way to, to go from a solid color band to having something that maybe has a character. Or I think I saw some with Walt Disney himself on them. Um, they, they look good. They look cool because when you go to the parks, you can buy some, you know, custom bands that usually run your 25, 30 bucks. And this is just an extra 10. Yeah. Tim, Tim's got one now. The, yeah. And that one was more than 30. Yeah, bucks. That, that leads me on to, uh, if you really want to bling yourself out and get some serious swag, you know, and let's face it, if you're dropping 440 bucks a day, for a meal plan, shit. Hmm. Go ahead, uh, go to Disney Springs or, or you know the like, and grab you like a Dooney and Burke uh, Disney Magic Band, or any of the other even limited edition bands they have that actually uh, they could be characters or movies or like I said, some um, you know Dooney and Burke designs, which is kind of a thing. Dooney and Burke Fantasia one is. Oh, Duty and Burke, yeah, everything looks fantastic, and people love that stuff. But when you get some of these custom and limited edition bands, when you hit the touch point, you'll get maybe a different colored light or a, a whole light effect that flashes across there and a custom sound effect or chime, not the normal, you know, touch point chime. When, the when, food when, and wine one that I have sizzles, and it shows like a little flame. Yeah, it there you go. It, it's it. The, you can get really cool with a lot of these uh, magic bands. Yeah. But allegedly, the 35th anniversary Epcot ones we have play um, the imagination theme, but we're not allowed to use them. Because so. someone won't let you take them out of the box. No. Me. Oh. I will. I will. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he asked, "Can we use the? Can we use the?" And I can't until he gets yeah. old now. So. <laughs> I well, I had the food and wine one too, and for years I didn't use it. I swapped the puck out with the free puck, so I just used the band, but not activate the actual magic band. And then when I was doing the trip, I put the food and wine magic the puck back in it and put it back in the box. <laughs> I don't know why, but finally, like last year or two years ago, I finally used it. Now I have the Dooney and Berg, uh, Mickey Mouse one. Well, lastly, if uh, that's not enough options for customization and you don't want to fork over the extra $10, you can always hit up Etsy for some decals to slap on your, your magic bland. Your magic bland? Yeah, your plain magic, magic bland. bland. Yeah, just plain magic bland. Magic or we got a cricket you can make your own. And this is you, true. You can. Um, and, and, you know, you well, Etsy, you got those folks who actually do full color printing on the vinyl. So it, it's yeah. a little bit 
more detailed without being uh, infringed upon copyrights. But uh, if you go that route, you can, you know, make your purchase and, and sleep easy knowing that you're supporting an independent creator instead of just feeding the machine that is the corporate mouse. Um, or just spend the $10 and get one because by the time you buy the decal and pay for shipping, you've spent your $10. Well, that was a funny thing when they first came out. I said, I'm not going to pay any money for Magic Pass. I'm just going to get the free one that they give you when you book a room. But no, we buy one. Almost like, every, time one every, every time we go. Every time. You know what? They're they're fun. It's one more thing Disney has that people can collect. Um, you know, talk shop about on the internet and go to forums and so on and so forth. It's also one more thing people can gouge prices on, on like eBay yeah, for some of that shit. Yep. And listen, if um, you really want to get one maybe for an upcoming trip while you're already at Disney and you get a chance to go to like, what is it, the cast member connection, they've probably got magic bands there. They do. Yeah, Surplus. Yeah, Matt, Matt got a limited edition Marvel one, I think, yeah. for like mm-hmm. four bucks. So, you know, shop them clearance racks if you just want a magic band that doesn't look like the plain orange or yellow or green or, or was it orange, yellow, green? Blue, they keep on adding pink, colors red, blue, too. Red. Did purple ever make gray. it? Yes, yeah, I think purple, it did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah we got. A, there's a whole garland of them hanging on my office window here. It's blue, gray, purple, orange, yellow, pink, green, plaid. No, it's not plaid. <laughs> they've gone plaid. <laughs> gone plaid. I want to say they've added. They've added a white and took it away, and then they've added a black and took it away. But don't quote me on that. But well, no, Those you're are the main colors that you're quoted. You've already been quoted. Well, that's I mean that that I think once you get to magic bands, it kind of rounds out everything you can try to plan for a trip. And really, the most difficult part of the magic band is just picking out what color you want because unless you you know or 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 pattern on it. Um, but I have, good lord, seen my kids dress over what solid color they want their magic to be, way too long than necessary. And, and you know what? Shit. I didn't even talk about this. Maybe you don't want the fucking magic band, but you still got to have the puck. Well, now you can get shit off of Etsy and other places where you can just put the puck in keychains and uh, hang it off your smartwatch um, because the puck's removable. Now you can just carry it in your damn pocket, but that's kind of a pain in the ass. And it, it, listen, Anyways, if you're going to put it on your watch and you're going to just dink your watch. You may as well just wear the magic band on your other wrist as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. That's. You could also, if you feel like you've got too many magic bands from previous trips, you could also decline any new ones. But And use the ones you currently have. You can also get a card if you don't want to wear the magic band. They actually have key to the world cards still if that's something you're interested yeah. in. I will lose the shit out of a card. I will tell you that right now. I am just saying for people who wouldn't lose the shit out of a card, it's an option for those people who would prefer a card. Well, you get a lanyard like you do in the cruise ships. True. <laughs> you wear a lanyard around your neck in hot ass Florida. No, yeah, you There's go. There's less I of a chance that. of you having to run back to a bus stop when you forget yours in your room. With that once. <laughs> yeah. And we had an early, early morning breakfast reservation. And well, the bus driver was what was kind enough to wait while I ran back to our pop century room and grabbed my magic. <laughs> well. Wasn't he a sweetie? I have a habit of forgetting things, if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> Surprised it just wasn't in your carry-on. No, it was on the desk in the room. Mm-hmm. 
Well, guys, I think it's been a while since we've done a, uh, a Disney for Dummies episode, and this this has been very informative. I learned some things I was wrong about. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Sometimes when, when you're um, trying to do research on a topic like this, you go down this hole and you start just chasing one rabbit and you forget about everything else that, that's involved with it. You don't read everything. So that's why we have a round, t- well, it's a triangular table discussion that we have. Um, so we don't miss anything. And and, I, and I, that's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> is that all you this appreciate about conversation is quickly me? becoming confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> is that all you really appreciate about me? <laughs> Should have taken down about 20% there. <laughs> yes. You take about 20, 25% off there, really, Dan. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I really hope that any of this was informative to some of the folks that are out there. I know a lot of the uh, members in our Facebook group have been doing Disney for, for years, and they could teach us a thing or two. But, hey, you know, not... Uh, I'm sure they will when this episode comes. Yep, I can't wait to see the comments on this. You forgot me. And David Thacker's going to say, why is Miller Lite shitty beer? But, you know, it's conversation. That's what we love. So, um, closing this thing out, we're just going to run straight into the uh, closing remarks. Um, Tim? I'm going to be here by myself next week. Adam's going away. I'm going to Disney. And I'm not. So I'm a little sad. I'm, but. I'm not going to Disney next week. I know we gotta think of uh, something to do for next week. Well, we can go to Disney, I guess. Sure, let's go. <laughs> well, um, Mr. Trip Planner Extraordinaire over there, who who <laughs> plans? There's way too much shit going on for me to talk about here. Um, basically, <laughs> I will be down for Princess starting this Friday. So by the time this drops, I will probably be there for at least 24 hours, getting ready to run the 10K. So, for everybody who's running this weekend, good luck. Hope to see you out there. For those who are not, hope to see you with the beer at the end. Um, As for some reservations that are coming up, Monday is the day for ADR. So, if you have not signed up, it is probably really almost too late to find out if you're going to the brunch. So, this is for sure. For yeah, this is this is yeah. for August. Okay. I have also started to put out feelers for um, November for the non-fishing people. I'm just trying to figure some stuff out with that. I am not sure if I'm going to be able to make that reservation. But again, I'd like to have an idea of how many people. Because I will be walking over to both of them. Just to see. Try to make it early, get it done, get it out of the way. Other than that, I look forward to seeing everybody soon. Uh, piggybacking on the whole princess half marathon thing um, and, and 10Ks and what have you. Uh, my hope is anyone listening and interested is I'm going to try to go ahead and just uh, kind of um, get all of the racers um, and the runners from Three Sheets to Finish Line that are willing to share their bib information with everyone and try to get all that loaded up so I can track it and probably try to do a live stream of it. Just, you know, if you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, don't. But it should give you, you know, pretty consistent updates on where everybody's located that are that's down there making that trip. Outside of that, I just want to uh, thank everyone for, you know, adulting around Disney with us tonight. Um, please, if, if you uh, haven't yet, and if you have and want to make a new account, by all means, go for it. Head over to iTunes. Give us a rate and review. We, we like 
we like knowing how we're how we're doing, good or bad, mostly good, but you know, we'll take the bad with it. Everybody listening at home, listen, this isn't this isn't us saying goodbye to you, it's more of us saying see you real soon. So good night everybody. Good night everybody. Adios. And thank you. And if you're listening to us in the morning, good morning. If you're listening to us into the afternoons, good afternoons. Or in the future, good future.